Hello, and welcome to the XXLA Architects podcast, a show featuring Los Angeles's leading women in architecture and issues relevant to the profession. Today's episode is a special roundtable discussion about what it's like to start and run your own small business. I'm your host, Audrey Sato, and I'm joined today by Luciana Tagliaferri of Tagliaferri Architects and Harper Halperin of HH Design. Together, we formed an informal support network of architects and business owners, and we turn to each other with questions, give each other tips, and generally help each other to succeed in business. Listen in as we discuss topics such as how we get clients, when we knew we were ready to go it alone, work-life balance, and many more. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi. Hi. If we can just go around and introduce ourselves, say a little bit about your company, what kind of work you do, how long you've been in business. Yeah, <clears throat> I'll be happy to start. Uh, my name is Luciana Tagliaferri. Uh, my company is Tagliaferri Architects. I have a very, very small firm, very small. <laughs> and um, I do uh, some residential, commercial, academic, healthcare work. Pretty much anything I can get my hands on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I would like to define my architecture uh, style for contemporary architecture. I am originally from Argentina. I studied architecture at the University of Buenos Aires in Buenos Aires. And uh, pretty much all my work experience was here in the U.S. Once I graduated, I moved here and that's been about 15 years ago that I've been working here in Los Angeles. Hi, my name is Harper Halperin, and I am a owner and partner at HH Design. And we're also a small firm. We have about four people. Uh, it's me, my husband, a full-time employee, and a part-time employee. And we also um, work with a lot of freelancers. And we work out of our garage. It's very cozy and fun. And we do a lot of retail, residential, and commercial work. Right now, we're holding mostly single-family residential, um, but we've done some retail and commercial in past years. And we started in 2015 as just myself and then have slowly grown since then. And yeah, that's the basis of it. Great. And we are presently in my garage, which is where I work. I'm Audrey Sato from Sato Architects. I am really just myself with the occasional summer interns and um, contract employees. So um, let's start off with a question I'm sure many people want to know. How did you get your first project? I remember I... I decided I wanted to leave the uh, large firm I was working at. And I was at a group of friends with some of my best friends. And I mentioned I'm quitting and leaving my job and I want to start and open my own uh, firm. And one of my best friends said, great, I have a job for you. <laughs> <laughs> and that was his own house, uh, which is this couple I love. And they handed me this great project. And that got me started and uh, has was a great project. And which one was that? Was this the, the Santa Monica one? That or? was, a, yeah, a brand new house in Santa Monica, great. Uh, which I finished in March. Yeah, I recently got some photos and it's it, it feels good to be able to get, you know, your first project is like a, kind of done and, you know, the family, which are your friends kind of happily living there. It feels really good. Yeah, I bet. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, what about our first project? So we had uh, kind of a potpourri of first projects. Um, one was actually as a result of us posting uh, online our website, Facebook, and we had arrived. And uh, the next day I got a call from actually an old colleague of mine from school. I went to USC and she said her family had a house and they were looking to renovate it. Would I mind to come and take a look? And after a four-hour walkthrough through the house, uh, we, yeah, we, it was quite a long, long interview. Um, we uh, decided that we wanted to proceed with the project and it's a very large-scale renovation 
to the point that we're actually still going through it to this day. This was in 2015. We're in 2017 now. But our first completed project was actually a retail project, um, which we got through two different avenues. One was a friend of mine, also from school. Uh, one of her best friends came to her and said, oh, can you help me with this? And she said, no, but my really good friend Harper just opened up her business. Why don't you go to her? And then the, at the same moment, an old colleague of mine said, hey, you know, I have this project. I don't have time for it. Can you work on it? And it ended up being the same client. So oh, I got the project <laughs> two different avenues, and we ended up working with them. And it was our first um, solo retail project, which was Runway Optometry and uh, Runway Playa Vista. So that was a fun one as well. Yeah, I think all of us <laughs> probably got our start with um, friends, huh, as our first project. Mine was as well. Um, someone starting out their own daily method studio, which is like a bar method type of workout studio. And yeah. And it all started from there. <laughs> it's all about the word of mouth, who you can tell and who they know. Right. But what about now? How are you getting your projects? After that first one, is it through, you know, online marketing? Is it through word of mouth still? What do you think? It's really a lot of word of mouth still. Um, a lot of past clients that are really satisfied with our work that will tell other people about us or also past contractors. That's a huge mm -hmm. one right now because a lot of contractors we're working with tell us horror stories of the architects that they've kind of jumped into bed with, for lack of a better term, and just had a disaster of a situation with. And often, especially in single-family residential, clients will contact contractors first. Right. And that's also how we land a lot of projects now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I got to say for me has been uh, mostly friends and friends of friends. Currently, I don't do any other marketing. The extent of my marketing is sharing with my friends the work I do. Um, it seems that um, somehow it keeps me busy as yeah. it is right now. I mean, the one thing I would add is I think mostly the word of mouth leads are way more effective than cold calls that I get, but I do get a lot of leads from house and I pay for Yeah, we we do that as well. Yeah. I pay for the added sponsorship thing. Oh nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I don't know if it's just because the economy picked up when I started doing that or mm -hmm. if it was just that the sponsored placement helped more. But yeah. mm, interesting. I found that. Yeah. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. We looked into doing it as well, and we decided we were so busy at the moment right. that we didn't want the added boost quite yet. We wanted to wait until we had more photographed sure. portfolio projects yeah. to actually show on house prior to doing that. But another means of marketing for us has been actually being published. So we mm -hmm. were published this year on online dwell publication, and mm -hmm. we did get a few different um, potential project leads from that. So that was a really good platform as well. That's awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So how did you do that? Did you go after them or did they go after you? We, it was actually really interesting. So we, you know, saw they have obviously dwell online and you can create a pro profile. So we created a pro profile. It wasn't like $99 a year. And it's like how it's similar to that mm -hmm. where you just have what you are, who you are, what kind of design you do and pictures of projects. And we had just finished a very modern renovation, a full gut renovation, a thousand square feet in Delray. And we had posted those photos on Dwell and we were immediately the editor's pick. And we said, oh, that's really cool. And so we responded to them and said, thank you so much for, you know, honoring us with the editor's pick. We'd love to see if we can do some kind of, you know, editorial collaboration with you, maybe a before and after or something like that please let us know if you're interested, just as a response to the original email. And they immediately responded back and said, oh, yes, this would be great. Here's one of our writers. Please submit, you know, information and before and after photos, and they'll be doing an editorial piece on you. So it was, it was actually quite easy and, and a very, you know, transitional process. But 
we had previously looked into, you know, trying to market ourselves and doing other editorials for some of the retail projects we had done. And that definitely was not as seamless <laughs> as that process. Right. So maybe trying to find what's the what's the right uh, media for those retail products. For sure, for sure. For me, another um, another way of getting projects, it's uh, through my amazing consultants, actually. I have great yep. consultants that I work with. For being a very small firm, I like to surround myself with very good and talented consultants because we all make better projects altogether. Another way, another thing um, that works for us too is that a lot of the work that I do is um, institutional work. And a lot of it is sometimes, you know, not the most um, charming uh, to say, <laughs> you know, sometimes, sometimes I'm doing uh, facilities, uh, you know, permits or like a new generator yard or in a big electrical upgrade for a university or in those type of jobs, you know, I feel my consultants have the bigger piece, the most responsibility there. And my piece, it's more of um, coordination, uh, making it look pretty, but they are the ones running the calculations for, you know, larger, large pieces of equipment uh, that needs to be installed or removed or, you know, it's not design driven. It's, it has to be functional and yeah. has to work. Um, so it's hard for me sometimes to get pretty pictures of that work. Right. <laughs> I don't get the pretty picture. Right. But you <laughs> from, get more work from it. Yeah, I get artists. work from them, yeah. and it's great. And yeah. I, I actually enjoy it a lot. I feel it's part of the the challenges, their 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 projects that bring a lot of complexity. And I love solving puzzles, so mm -hmm. it's it's fun in that way for me. Are challenging projects, but. It's not the project I can add to my website, you know. <laughs> it's not the but not every but project needs to no, be. No, exactly. There's definitely exactly, a lot of projects exactly. that are not meant to be added to your website, but add value to yeah, your practice. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, I guess I couldn't live without it. Like, I really, really enjoy doing those type of projects. I guess that's why I really enjoy having some residential, some retail, but then also some more you know, maintenance and facilities work where like it's more technical sometimes, sometimes the design, it's, it's the bigger piece of the, of the puzzle. So, yeah, I think it's something we also enjoy is being a diversified practice, yeah. you know, yeah. not just doing one type of architecture or interiors. We do interiors as well, but doing residential retail and commercial we're lucky enough to have backgrounds in it and you know having done it for many years prior to starting your own firm it's something that if I gave up completely I would definitely miss so you know having been lucky enough to do it I would love to continue to do it that being said it's definitely harder to get it's it's not every day you meet someone looking to open up a new store mm -hmm. or <laughs> doing a tenant improvement project um, per se, but uh, there are definitely things that we enjoy doing. Yeah. I mean, I think it's smart to be a diversified business in general. I mean, we all went through that last recession. Yeah. Whether it was with your own firm or not, you knew that the recession was affecting our economy and oh, our, yeah. our particular industry so heavily. Um, which is why, I mean, my practice itself is not that diversified. I do a lot of residential. I do a lot of single family residential and I'd love to do other things, but it's really difficult to get that kind of work if you're not doing, doing that kind of work. Day. Right. Like yeah. I had one retail project and a couple other commercial projects that I did as a freelancer for someone else. So I have experience, but I'm not out there getting new work for that. But I am like teaching, mm -hmm. for example, mm -hmm. and then, you know, I'm doing inspections for um, the city of Los Angeles, inspecting Mills Act uh, historic properties and that stuff that just supplements the other work I'm yeah. doing. And it enriches like, also in yeah. different ways. Yeah. I mean, the, having a diverse, I remember when every time someone asks me, so what do you do? I'm like, well, I do anything really <laughs> that I like. <laughs> As long as I, you know, it's a it's a fun project, fun client, fun site, it feels that that's the right project. And lately I, I worked on a couple of historic preservation projects. I'm still working on them and they're great. Definitely having a diverse practice feels 
the right way. And I guess it has to do with my background being a diverse background too, because I started working in a very small firm doing pretty much residential, but also large retail work. I was doing some Walgreens and Petco's and, you know, large, large <laughs> yeah, department big stores, bo- big, box big boxes. And I remember thinking like, oh, that's fun too. It's kind of like a whole different animal. And then later I worked doing more high-end residential and educational work. And then I worked doing academic work and healthcare. And then when I went on my own, I'm like, what do you do? I'm like, I've kind of done everything. You know, I haven't done um Prisons yet, I guess. But <laughs> Maybe we should stick away from that. Let's not go down that road. I'll, I'll stick with my experience. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's a diverse experience, so I, that's what I can offer. Right. What about you, Harper? What was your background before opening your own office? So I am from Southern California and went to University of Southern California for architecture. And after that, graduated and was itching to live somewhere outside of Los Angeles, having been born and bred here. So I ended up moving to New York and was there for five years. There I worked for Studio Sofield's Um, who was in charge of uh, the retail rollout of Tom Ford and did some really nice high-end residential with them as well. Left there and started working for S. Russell Groves, a smaller firm. They also do a lot of high-end retail. So we did the rebranding of Tiffany's and we did um, Ann Taylor and also some high-end residential. So I worked on a number of things there as well as product design, furniture design, um, and everything down to, you know, the, your everyday uses. So it, it's a full gamut of what architecture and design is. It's not just the shell of a building, but everything down to what you put on your table. And I think that that really informed my interest as an architect. Fast forward the five years, I moved back to Los Angeles and worked for a small startup company and had um, a great experience there doing solely residential and decided to leave shortly after about a year into it and started up HH Design really with the idea that I wanted to take everything that I had learned while at my previous employers and really institute it into Um, my own practice and also practicing in Los Angeles, I feel like there's not a lot of firms here that do both ground up architecture and interior design. And I think it's really important that the two meet and you get more informed and better spaces. And it's something that I really enjoy instituting into all of our designs and something that we feel it's very important and like to sell the clients as kind of a one-stop shop or a whole package. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so how the three of us met actually was when we were studying for exams, uh, our CSE actually rather. And so at that point, how did you guys know you were ready to start your own firm? I don't think I was ready exactly at that time. (laughs) I I wasn't either. Well, to me, having my own firm, I think it was my, um, one of those things I always wanted to do. But I was not ready. For many reasons, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready because either I had just moved to uh, the U.S., you know, 15 years ago when I felt I had to learn so much about wood construction and (laughs) sheer walls. And, you know, I was coming from Argentina using mostly uh, bricks and concrete and concrete blocks. And suddenly it was a whole new system, metal studs. What? (laughs) (laughs) And, and and so I felt I needed to really learn a lot about construction. And then I, um, I, I yeah, without even counting, I wasn't even sure I was going to stay in the U.S. Mm. I mean, I was, yeah. for the first probably five years of me living here, somewhere in my mind, I was going to go back, really. But then I met my husband and, uh, you know, we, we were very happy here and we kind of choose Los Angeles as our home. And then I had my first kid. Then I had my second kid. I was busy working full time with belly, working full time with second belly and a baby. 
working full time with two babies. Yeah. It was busy. Uh, so I didn't have time. And in the meantime, I was taking my exams. So I had no time to think of a different life than the life I was barely surviving. <laughs> Uh, but then things kind of settle and I was able to kind of open my eyes and it's like, what do I want? You no, know, what it's like, yes, I can continue doing what I was doing or I can maybe, you know, I'm, I'm always looking for new challenges. So that was my next challenge. It was to open my own farm and um, it was very, um, you know, long decision. But then I jumped into it and it was a I think a great decision. I'm very excited that that happened and I'm still uh, encountering challenges and new uh, issues <laughs> I'm solving and enjoying. Um, but yeah, it, was, it wasn't the first thing I decided. It wasn't a, a first plan, but it's something that came up later that it was something I probably always wanted it, but I was not ready until I felt it was the right time. For me, it was similar. It was something that I've always wanted to do. There was really no question in my mind that I would do it eventually. The question really was when. It was something my husband and I have always wanted to do. We actually met in architecture school. And so we, of course, always talked about it and dreamed about it. But when we were studying for the CSE, it was definitely not something that I thought I was ready to do. Um, I ended up going to work for a small firm right after we uh, passed the exam. And after my experience there, I realized, I think, then that I was ready to do it. Working for a very small firm, I think, brought it to the forefront and really understanding, like, okay, I'm already doing this halfway. Like, I should just pull the trigger and do it myself. And I was crazy enough to do it at the same time of being pregnant with my first <laughs> child, my only child. Um, and that was a really good wild ride. Um, so I had two infants. One was a business and one was a baby at the same time. But I survived and um, <laughs> I'm still having – both are still alive, thank goodness, to this day. Yeah, that's incredible that you did both of those at the same time. You got to go big or go home. I mean, you know, why why not, like Luciana, be crazy? I mean, at least I, my daughter is two years old and a month. I didn't have them 18 months apart like you. But. Yeah, that, mine are a bit close. <laughs> mine was 10 months when I found out oh. I was pregnant with my second one. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. It was a fun experience. <laughs> yeah, it still is. They're almost twins, I gotta say. But Audrey, you started also much earlier than us. Yeah, I did. On your farm. So officially my business started in 2010 because I, that's when I got my business license, but I didn't get my architectural license until 2013. I didn't leave my old firm until 2011, midway through 2011, and Back then, there was no Obamacare. I left because I got married and I could get health insurance. And I, well, it was also the recession, and I knew the company I was working for was slowing down. And um, I think the same thing that Harper said, where working for a small company, you realize that you're doing everything but really getting the clients. Um, and maybe running, running the actual business parts of things, but you're doing everything else. And so seeing that I could bring a project from start to finish, um, successfully, I thought, well, why am I making money for someone else? <laughs> I mean, a very uh, good reason, so. yeah. And it's not that I didn't like what I was doing or anything. It was just feeling as though it didn't make sense anymore that, you know, I had already done a, a TI project on my own and I'd already done like um, uh, residential projects from start to finish and felt like I could do it. And that was just how it started. Mm -hmm. You have more chutzpah than the rest well, of no, us. No. So once I left that firm, I actually, what's funny about this, I actually went back sort of as a contract employee. And so I was freelancing for two different places while I was doing my own projects. And then I started teaching as well. So I was trying to like juggle everything to make everything economically viable. 
because it was 2012 or 11 and 12, and it was the recession, and I needed multiple sources of income. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then, you know, I always thought I would join another firm. I felt like I had done that so young, and I always wanted to learn from other people how they were running their own businesses or doing their own designs. I wanted a different perspective. I wanted to learn um, other ways to detail things. I just wanted more project type experience, but I ended up doing well enough in my own business where it's like, it doesn't make sense for me anymore. I think what matters more is that if you were at a place, it would have to be a place where someone was willing to teach you because otherwise you probably would be learning it on your own anyway. And I so. think the key is that you have to be very self-motivated to have your own business because you have to be willing to teach yourself. And you have to be willing to ask the hard questions that there may not be someone next to you to give you the answer. And you just kind of have to dive in head first, knowing that somehow you'll figure it out because you can and because mm-hmm. you want to. Well, also, um, one thing I was thinking is that, you know, in a, in a, in a large firm, you would always be asked uh, do you feel you're a designer or do you feel you are a project manager, for example? Uh, and, you know, I always had a really hard time answering that because I feel, you know, my answer internally was always like, I'm an architect. I gotta do both. No, <laughs> isn't that how it works? Um, but, um, but so opening my own firm, I felt nice. No, you know, no one is going to ask me now if I'm the designer <laughs> or the project manager. I get to do both. But then not only I got to do both, but then you are the boss and you are the business owner. And I think that part was definitely and it still is, it's very time consuming. It's not all roses. It's very time-consuming, running proposals, going to meetings, coming back, dealing with taxes, dealing with accountants, dealing with... So suddenly it's like, yes, I was good at designing. I was good at managing. But then when you open your firm, you got to be a good business person. And, and only if you are... all the other things exactly. that you want to do. Or, exactly. You know, that's a big topic of conversation for all of us right now, at least within our firm, is, you know, because all these other things take so much time, writing proposals, getting new business, even though it is word of mouth, you may spend, you know, two hours, three hours, four hours, 10 hours trying to land a project Mm -hmm. or more um, that takes away from the current projects you have. And at what point do all those other things take away from your time to design and in turn cause the design to suffer? And so how do you maintain that design while being a small firm and kind of have it all? That's a really big topic of conversation with us right now is how do we make sure that we're leaving time to design and really making sure that that is still the most important aspect of running our business? Yes. Yeah. And I guess the only way to do it is to have that as your priority. Right. And for us, design is a huge priority, yeah. but also customer service is a really big priority yeah. for us because yeah. in the end, we're all in the customer service industry. Yeah. We're all answering to clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how you get our, your next project. So, you know, and if they move in and they're not happy, then you didn't do a good job no matter how amazing the design is. Yeah. So balancing those two aspects and not letting either of those fall by the wayside is, you know, really important, but really difficult as a small mm-hmm. firm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely think as a small firm is, is difficult. It, it takes a lot of time of things that we feel, we feel it was what motivate us to leave other firms, to do our own design and management, and then we end up spending maybe 50% of our time or, or less. If but, we're lucky. You know. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, <less>. mostly. <laughs> For me, much less. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just running the business. Yeah. 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 It's, that's, you uh, become a new expert at all the things yeah. that no one taught you in architecture right. school. And no matter what the thing is that you hate doing, you're going to have to do it because yep. there's nobody else to do it. <laughs> no so. one is going to do it. <laughs> well, I felt that um, with my own firm, suddenly architecture was the easy part. All the things that I feared and I thought I needed to be overly prepared and know 
you know, the systems and the design and feel I can run a project. And yes, I've done residential and single family and multifamily. And you want to, you know, you want to know you've done everything before you go on your own. And then you go on your own and you, that's the easy part that you've done. You've done many. You've done it and right. And that's a good thing. And then, but you have never opened an entity. Create an entity. Forget about doing uh, (laughs) accounting. You know what I mean? Like all the other stuff. That's what takes so much time. That's all like, oh, I need to create a new template for a new type of thing I want to do right now. Well, plus no project is the same or no contract is the same. Every time we have a new project, we create a new contract. Contract It's kind of a running joke in our office because I, I keep saying, oh, I'll make a template for this and I make a template and then we get a new project that's similar, but somehow it doesn't follow the template. It never follows the template. It's never the same. Every time I draft a contract, I spend hours and hours drafting that contract. Um, and then hopefully you actually end up with the project. And well, hopefully to get that yeah. part. And then, I mean, have you guys not made as much money as you thought you would on a project? I have, every for sure. Every single time. Every, every project. Time. Okay. Oh, well, every project. single time, yeah. Unless it's hourly, and then maybe we'll come out on top. So, yeah, every single time we have a fixed fee project, we can't seem to bring it in on budget. Yeah. I think it's part of starting up a new firm and really trying to go that extra mile, albeit in customer service or in design. I yeah, mean, having both. a good design mm-hmm takes a lot of time and especially um, being a growing firm with employees now relaying what you want to do or what you think is better but still letting them have the opportunity to do what they want to do and then collaborate together that takes time to learn each other's processes so that ends up taking time away from maybe what you didn't think you would be spending Mm -hmm. that time doing yeah, I, I I dream with an off the menu uh, type of contract <laughs> where you just kind of click what you need and then it gives you the total and you can print. And that's it. Sorry, yeah. and how you stay on budget, right? <laughs> so are any of us using the AIA contracts? No, I did a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. Um, for your institutional work or for a single family? For one for the single family, the one actually I did in Santa Monica, and another one for a multifamily. And uh, the truth is that the contract, it's very prescriptive. Mm-hmm. Personally, in my firm, it didn't help. I'm sure that I don't think it works for small firms. And at the moment you start customizing the AIA contracts, it's a pain. It just doesn't work, at least not to me. And maybe I didn't get it right again because I'm a small farm and I'm learning every step I do, I'm learning. But I, I, I looked at it with people that understand contracts very well Mm -hmm. and (laughs) it was not easy for them either. So it, it, yeah, I don't have anything against it. I'm sure people use it and it's great and I'm going to give it a try probably in the future. It didn't, it didn't seem to be the best tool for me at the moment for right. small firm, for small projects. Right. I think it's also really confusing to clients. Yes, exactly. I think that yeah. clients find it way too much legalese, mm-hmm. way too much uh, vernacular mm-hmm. into architecture and construction. They don't understand it. So the way we've done our contract is much more for the layman. Um, And we actually start with a proposal first where it's just, these are general services, generally what it's going to cost you. And is this something that you'd like to proceed with? If they do, then we go into uh, the full contract and the full contract you know, outlines all of the scope of services, exactly what each of those services does and how long generally it will take. And it's it's much more based on if you know nothing about construction, this is what you're going to get. Right. Right. Because so much of our job is managing clients' expectations. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's funny when people tell me that I don't have a boss anymore because I have a lot of bosses 
Yeah. I have all of my clients are my boss. Yeah. <laughs> sure. You boss. answer to multiple people. Yeah. And sometimes when you have a single family residence, you have two bosses or three on each project, depending on who has, you know, weighs in or for institutional, you have many bosses. Yeah. When you work for a firm, you have one boss. Yeah. Maybe one, two people you need to report to. Or like when you have a client, when you have your own firm, you have as many bosses as many clients and forget about couples. Right. Yeah. They're, it they're, comes they're in doubles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and many times they don't agree either. No, yeah. you're also a marriage counselor <laughs> right. sometimes. You know, you, you take on one hat and you put it on another, you know, right. it varies. Oh, yeah. So with managing projects and all of your employees, I don't have any to manage at the moment, but you guys do. Do you feel like... Because from the outside, people are always saying, oh, how fabulous. You have such flexibility. And do you think that's true? I think it was more true when it was just me. So when I didn't have anyone helping me, when I, you know, was just by myself, it did feel true. And it was nice because I had a baby at the time. And so I could cater my schedule to her and work weekends and nights if I needed to or take off time if I needed to. Now that we're growing and we have more people involved, it's definitely not as flexible. And your flexibility dies an even little bit more because your clients, you know, work full time and they want to talk to you on the weekends Mm -hmm. um, or text you at 9 p.m. at night um, or email you, you know, whatever is their momentary thought. So even if perhaps it may be slightly more flexible, like you don't have to clock in or out, you're working around the clock. And one of my um, friends actually likened it to being on a treadmill. And actually, how do you step off the treadmill when you own your own business? (laughs) No one can really quite figure that out. Yeah. No, I I agree that um, when you're by yourself, you can manage your schedule a little better the moment you bring someone on board you have to be there to assist this person. But the flexibility I do find is that when I do need to get out of the office, I don't really need to explain or ask anyone. I mean, of course, I report to those that are in the team at the time. You know, I won't be in this afternoon or whatever, but um, it does give me small flexibility to many times be at my girls' school events or pick them up early if they're sick and go home. And then most likely I'll be working from home later later that night, possibly that weekend as well. But it's not that I work less. I can shuffle my hours around the day a little more at my needs. Um, but yeah, I agree that uh, it, it's not as uh, <laughs> as beautiful as it sounds where, oh, I just work a couple hours here, a couple hours there. It's exactly the opposite. I you feel I work more. Yeah. yeah, I feel I work more than I used to um, in a way. But also I feel I have more flexibility in some aspects. I choose, pick and choose the events I want to go. And those are mini gifts to myself and to my family in a way, (laughs) Mm -hmm. to be able to be there when I need to and not feel guilty about it in a way. So that's, that's kind of nice. (sighs) So what's the best part about it? Why do you, why are you doing it? I think the best part for me is that It's very rewarding. Although we're still not sure when you celebrate. Do you celebrate when you get a project? Do you celebrate when someone calls you? Do you celebrate when you finish? Do you celebrate when it's photographed, when it's published? Like when do you celebrate? I don't I don't know. We you know we're the verdict still out. I feel you celebrate all of those. (laughs) And then you don't celebrate all the other stuff. (laughs) Um, but I think that having all these different moments that you can celebrate is a really big thing and it's just very self-rewarding and it's fun to share with friends, colleagues, your family Um, but I think that it also comes with a toll a little bit in terms of you are always doing it and it's always on your mind because as a driven person, you just always want to get better. 
that is a great problem to have, but it definitely does take a little bit of a toll, but it's totally worth it in the end. I think it, it, or I don't know about you guys, but mm -hmm. I don't think any of us would be yeah, doing it. No, definitely to me, it's, uh, it has been very exciting, right? Uh, just to be able to feel that all this, it's mine, mm -hmm. it, no matter how little it is, like, you know, and, and have the satisfaction that people call me to get their house, to get their project, their baby done. Right. Uh, things that are very important to others that become very important to me. That's extremely rewarding. Mm -hmm. And you get to learn so much. Oh, yeah. That's right. another really big benefit. Each is, project is such a learning yeah. experience. You're, you know, as architects, I think that's really what we are. We're just, you know, people who question everything and people who are very inquisitive. And I think running your own firm is about asking all the questions and just keeping on the track of learning. Each project is a research project. Yeah. Go and research all, all the codes, all the zoning right. for that particular area, the research on the site. It, it, I feel like a detective. And then, you know, when you, they're done and write, it's like, it feels good. Any other advice for people thinking about starting their own business? Well, if, you, if whoever feels they want to start their own business, they should. Yeah. They should really go for it. Don't think it's easy, but it's not that hard. Tell your friends that you are doing this. Don't just keep it to yourself. You're <laughs> not going to get projects just by yourself and just share it with the, with the, with your friends and with the world that, you know, you want to do this and kind of go for it. Yeah. I think that if you see it less as a line in the sand where one day you're working for someone and the next day you're the master of your own small business. I think if you see it less as that and more of a trajectory, then you have the ability of not being traditional in it. And how do you break the boundaries of traditional small businesses and how do you diversify? And I think that that's something that we all do Mm -hmm. in different ways, but we're able to do it. And I think that's the most important part is not, you know, holding fast to traditional notion of what a small practice is and really moving into what a small practice can be. And how do you share that not only with maybe employees or colleagues, but also with other people in your network that are architects or, you know, engineers or, you know, uh, friends or whatever your network is. I think that really makes your business viable in the end, mm -hmm. you know, because it's how you grow as a person and inherently then how your business grows. One little project at a time. Yes. <laughs> one that, 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 that would be like, just start with one little project at a time, even if uh, as small as it is, do a good job, work hard. And then, you know, hopefully you'll get a good referral for your next project. Yeah. I mean, I have to say, I think that it doesn't happen overnight. And when I was a student, and I thought it was going to be this amazing thing. I had all these dreams about of grandeur, basically. Right. right? I mean, as a student, you don't know. It's part of the fun naivete of <laughs> Yes, <laughs> exactly. But I think it happens slowly over time. For me, just being confident that I'm actually doing this and not going to go back to another firm or not worrying anymore about where's my next project coming from, I feel very confident that I'm going to have a next project. Right, right. But I think that confidence takes time. Yes. And you are, you know, so far into this in a good way that you've had the ability to gain that confidence. Right. In, in, which is amazing. I think that for me, it's still a little bit worrisome of where is that next project coming in. But I think that's just self-doubt where, you know, yeah. I'm confident that we're doing a good job. I'm confident right. that we can move forward. I'm confident that we deliver a good product. Um, but, you know, it's just uncertainty. But I think that's part of the fun of it is that it's a little bit of a puzzle and a little bit of a, a chase that, you know, it's yeah. fun to have to find or maybe not find the next client. Yeah. Um, but it's it's interesting still at least. Right. 
Yeah, I feel like every time I start worrying about it, I feel, okay, just breathe, continue working on the projects you have, and, you know, the phone is going to ring, and sure enough, it's been happening. Exactly. And I feel that um, it, it, it makes me feel very, you know, confident that I got to a point in these few years that I, since I just opened that, things are coming. Uh, so it, it, it feels good to get the next project. And it feels very insecure when we don't get that call for a couple of weeks and then suddenly, you know, mm -hmm. it rings. It's like, yes, great. Okay, good. <laughs> But then sometimes it rings and it's not necessarily the best suited project that's for true. you. Right. So that's also been something mm -hmm. that we have to learn to deal with right. is not every project is a project you should be working that's on. That's right. Um, you really have to understand what kind of business you're running and what kind of client you're catering to. And not that every project needs to be a portfolio project because it exactly. definitely doesn't. No. No. But it has to fit some kind of, um, you know, bill or, or ideal mm -hmm. of what you cater to. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think that sometimes in the past we've tried to push for projects that maybe weren't the best fit and we've been very lucky and none of them have actually come to fruition, which was always a good thing, although at the time it is a little painful maybe. Yeah. Um, But that is something that's really important as a small business to understand. Right. Not everything that comes to the door is something you're meant to do. That's exactly. True. Is it going to make you money? Is it going to make you more have more referrals? Or is it going to be a good design? Or also for us, another thing is, is it a learning experience? Yeah. That's one of our three categories yeah. is, can we learn from this, even if it isn't a portfolio project, so that when the portfolio project does walk through right. the door, we can say, yes, we've done this typology before. Or, yes, we understand how to do this because we've done it. In a way, as a small firm that recently started, many times you want to get a project just so you can have it under your portfolio for the next project. And so... It's, again, it's, I feel like it's one small project at a time and then it brings larger projects. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's a, it's a process. Yeah. That, I think that's where I'm struggling right now of feeling like I'm confident in what I've been doing. What is that next step look for me? What does that, what does success look for me now? Besides being happy, I really honestly don't know. <laughs> is it to keep growing? Is it to keep Right. morphing or changing as you know a firm or as a person or is it just to make a bottom line at the end of the year i think it's probably a combination of all of it right you know, you're not doing this just for the money no obviously <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do you think is success i guess let's say looking in five years from now what where am i going to be in five years And where would I, where would I like to be in five years? Um, definitely growing. I think it feels right. I think I would like to have probably a team of five to seven people in the next five years. Um, maybe more, but definitely growing would be something I feel, I think would feel right. We'll see. For us, I think it's, you know, we're already a team of four. And, um, I think that is already a jump for us in a good way. It's been a very fun transition, um, and something we really enjoy. And I think it's really comes down to, we really love collaborating. So having multiple voices in the office is something that's important and interesting and keeps us on our toes. I think that in the next five years, keeping that going, keep growing. But I don't think we want to become, you know, a large firm overnight. I think, you know, becoming five, seven people, that that feels really nice and feels like something that we can uh, attain, you know, definitely and maintain as well. Um, you know, I definitely want to grow in a smart way and in a savvy way and not feel like I have to scramble for the, you know, next big thing to feed the 20 mouths that we have in our office. Um, I think that 
that's really important that we value our employees, that they are like, you know, extended family. And, you know, we really do care about their well-being. So looking forward, understanding how much to take on and when to say no and when to say yes and for which projects. I think that's what will be the the next few years, understanding how we want to grow into what project base to accept. What about you, Audrey? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I want to grow. I don't know. I like where I'm at now. I understand that if I want bigger projects, I probably have to grow. Probably can't do them on my own. So we'll see. I don't know. I I think one thing that is really interesting that we've been talking to a lot of people about is instead of growing, if it's not something that we want to do collaborating Mm -hmm. actually with other small firms Mm -hmm. is a really rewarding thing and we actually enjoy doing it. And that's part of the aspect we got with our freelancers was Mm -hmm. we were able to take on bigger projects that we couldn't take on with just the two of us um, while not actually having people in house. Now that we have more people in house, it's still, you know, it's a different atmosphere, but being able to still go outside the firm and collaborate with other small firms or even other larger firms is something that I think the next five years will hopefully bring. Yeah. My life has been enriched so much by having the two of you joining my network of small business owners and having our get-togethers where we vent and celebrate and, mm-hmm. you know, just understand what each other are going through. I think that's no, I super think, valuable. I think yes. it has been great, and I don't think we've, we've, we've mentioned that before, yeah. but, like, the fact that, uh, you know, we as three small firms need to know what to do and need to have that person that can answer our questions and not really finding it out there, but finding in our friends and that go through the same experiences as we do, uh, asking questions from healthcare to, you know, taxes and, you know, employees. how do we do these employees? Yeah, and, have you, you know, have you used this material? Have yeah. you used this and that? <laughs> yeah. And uh, being able to have that forum so close and so honest, honest and honest and, 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 and trustworthy too. It has been a very rewarding and very um, helpful. Um, just feels like my little partners. Right. Uh, and you're never really there. on your own. You always have <laughs> someone to lean on if you actually need it or yeah. Yeah. have yeah. an emergency question. <laughs> <laughs> to anyone that is starting their firm, get your network of yeah. uh, firm yeah. starters. Yeah. <laughs> of happy hour goers. Yeah. <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs> That'll come in handy <laughs> for the good times and the bad. Thanks for listening to the XXLA Architects Podcast. I'm your host, Audrey Sato. Today's episode featured Harper Halperin and Luciana Tagliaferri of HH Design and Tagliaferri Architects. You can find more information online at www.xx-la.com or on social media at XXLA Podcast. Please subscribe, write a review, and share the show with your friends. If you want to be featured or want to nominate someone to be on the show, please reach out. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening and thank you for your support.